a great Australian sprinter, nature's type, and Dave McDonald, and look how far they've won by. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying! The autumn sun, boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. Artorias pounces, bombs them, and wins! All righty then, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, hope everybody had a good weekend on the punt. Uh, hope you had backed a few winners, and I hope we sued you in for a few winners as well. Joined with Jack again this week. Jack, how are you, mate? Mate, glad to be here, and great week by you. Yeah, we did have a we did have a fair few successful tips put out there. So I hope a few followers followed us in. I will uh, give you an update. Sorry as well, didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I've had a few people say that they're listening to your podcast and they're really wrapped with the effort that you put into it. Um, one of the boys got on Bazooka yeah. and he goes, oh, his tips weren't that good. I went, actually, I think I was the one that was pushing for Bazooka more than anyone. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was pretty keen on Bazooka too. I think I think for the day I was all right, but once I, we had a fair few before that and then when the Bazooka race and Super Pursuit race come along, I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna have a go here and Jesus didn't work, but yeah, that's all right. That's, no, pun- but that's I, punting. Yeah, I just thought I'd say as well, yeah. um, you're absolutely nailing it as well and now we got Producer Harley on board, absolutely yep. fine. Three-man team. So this week we've got a couple of feature races this weekend. We're slowly starting to get there. It's the official start of the 2023-2024 racing season. Uh, the Missile Stakes this week is the is the feature at Rose Hill and the Ori Star Day is the feature race down at Flemington. Vic, Victoria starting their 10-race meetings now. It's a trial period for – I'm not actually sure – not actually too sure how long the trial period is for. They're gonna get they're gonna trial this ten month these ten races to not compete with Sydney, but I think they've I think over the last couple of years they've somewhat seen it like a decline um in revenue. I don't really know like w- when I first heard about it, I was thinking like, oh yeah, awesome, like another like ten races of ten races of like Melbourne, ten races at Sydney every Saturday. That's awesome. I was all for it. And then I was on the Twitterverse and geez, not everybody was happy about it. In terms of what, like a lot of the jo- a lot of the jockeys, like Damian Lane and Benny Malum and everything, talk to Twitter and just like, oh yeah, like we're already getting overworked. Like just just keep adding to our load. Like that, and the, a lot of the jockeys were really really against it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even put it in perspective. Like I'm just I'm just coming from a punter's point of view. I was yeah, like, exactly. Right. I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. But like hearing what they've got to say, they're like, we're already getting overworked. Like yeah, like just keep adding to our workload. Yep, like. And that was around the same time. Like it got announced around the same time when um, Jamie Carr had a bad fall, Craig Williams had a bad fall. It was a couple of the, like in the span of like five weeks. There was like five. There was like four or five major, four or five major falls. So like it, it, all, it all happened around the same time. So it, 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 to me, Swelvy just being a punter, I was like, oh yeah, this is the best thing ever. But I can see the backlash now. Um, I don't know how, how long it's going to last if it even gets how successful it is. Like it's pretty much just going to go off how much money you make. So. We'll wait and see how this trial period goes. So other than that, not really too much to cover this week, but we'll jump to a quick break shortly and then we'll come back with our weekly recap of Ramwick and the Valley. Time for a quick recap of last weekend's racing. We had our two main metropolitan Races at Ramwick and the Valley. Uh, do we have any notable runners from you, Jack? Did you? Did you? Ever, oh, here we go, Jack. How was your weekend on the punt? I like to start the our, seg- our recap segment off with this. Um, I wish you had a, uh, alluded away from me this week. I didn't go too great. Um, I had to commentate the footy, so I didn't get to watch it. How'd that go? Um, commentating was actually not too bad. It's very hard. So yeah. obviously, we're using microphones and headphones now. 
So when you're down on the boundary ride, it's not about me, but I'll just sum it up. Um, you've got to listen to the people live on radio and then you've got to turn your microphone on. Walk Wait, so you actually were talking to like people live on the radio? Yeah. I thought you were just like broadcasting it like for a live stream or something. No, no, so I was doing that and then on the weekend I did it for the radio and um, there was heaps of people listening. And so you've got to time it perfectly when you put your microphone on and hit the walkie-talkie and they go down to Jack on the boundary and I'm interviewing the senior coach. If I, if you, oh, really? Was that, was that like what you were doing? Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought you were just doing it for like a live stream. No, no, no. So oh, when, shit. Well done. So when I, yeah, it's very nerve-wracking because yeah, you're literally do. on radio. Yeah, you're so on the spot. The first one, they're like, oh, we're down to JB on the boundary line. And I hadn't turned the mic on. Boom! So it was like three seconds of me going, yeah, good day, guys. How you going? Like, it was just like very delayed like that. But no, it was good. But I didn't get to watch much of the races. But funnily enough, when I was commentating, the boys up in the box, so we know they must have been listening to the lottery yeah. because they were sitting there going, get home, get home, get home. Yeah. Oh. And then like, oh, the crowd's gone a bit quiet for the last five minutes. So I said, yeah, just an update down here, boys. They just lost the Mooney Valley quaddy, so they're a bit flat. But they must have been listening to the lottery, mate. I didn't go too well, but you go from here. That's all right. We did send out a couple of good winners, which we will touch on, Julie, touch on. So let's have a quick recap of Randwick. We'll start off with, in the first race, uh, Kabbalus, Kabbal- I don't know how to pronounce it. And this is where J-Mac comes into effect. People are like, Oh, yeah, J-Mac, J-Mac, he's, he's only that good because he rides $1.50 favorite. He's only good because he's riding the best horse in the race. Caballus won the first race at $12 with J-Mac steering it. So, yeah, it just proves how good J-Mac is. He still ride $12 home, $12 pops home, easy as. Uh, the runner-up, Estrella, was a good run. It was between I, I was personally on Estrella and Shaken. I think Estrella, I, I was. I had more on uh, Shaken than Estrella because I just thought Estrella, Shaken had a better first-up run. Estrella was good, but geez, Estrella, like after Cab- after Cabellus ran by, it kind of drifted back and it was only like 200 meters to go or so. And she really put back into fight. Like she, after Cabellus went by, she's like, oh shit. And then she kind of picked up another gear again. So she fought on well. I think it was, I think it was only 1200 or 14. I can't remember the exact distance, but she did fight on well after it. So she's definitely one to follow and Cabellus as well. So. Follow J Mac and follow that two three year old form. One of our tips we get we gave out for the day. I think we tipped it at about nine bucks with King of Naples. And I as soon as, soon as it won, I was in the group chat again. And I was like, King of Naples, here we go. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that one. Uh, we tipped it at nine. So I think it started around six. It was nearly joint favorite, uh, six dollars. But we'll take that for a win. Running again this weekend, which we will touch on later in the segment. But touch yeah, on. Jesus was a good run. Um, same thing as I think. Get back run on horse, but luckily there was enough speed in the race. Had Nash on board and Nash just knew. Susie wanted to get out, got out at the right time. Only just got over the line in time, but doesn't matter. Still won the race and still is in winning form. Two from two, the last two races. I think first up comes th- third, second up comes second. The last two races it's won. So hoping you can continue that trend this week. And then in the next race, we had another tip who we tipped out. We tipped Mogo Magic, who is now undefeated five from five. Uh, she is. I don't know if it's a he or she to be honest, but they are Cosigosco bound. It's a two million dollar race on Everest Day. It's for all the country horses. It's it's basically the Everest equivalent for that, but for all the country horses, it's two million dollars to those country because Mojo Magic Mogo Magic has been coming out of the highway grades, been running in class races and very low benchmark grades. So a lot of a lot of people are and are and hey, was going to go. It was in a benchmark seventy two coming out of class races. So a lot of people were against it. A couple of people were with it. I was one of the ones who were luckily with it. I was a bit arm and arm about the price. 
Uh, I said if it wasn't, I said if it got below two fifty, I probably wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have had a bet, but I probably would have bet either way to be honest. But it got out to two seventy, and I got it at two seventy, and it it won. Like it sort of, it sort of good job. It got to the front. It didn't look like it was going to hold on for a while, but geez, like even though like the last hundred, like the hundred meters to the last fifty meters, it, geez, it, it really fought on well. So he's definitely one to watch out for. That's still been over eleven hundred. The next test before the Kosciuszko, because the Kosciuszko. It was over 1,200 metres. So the trainer said, we want to tick off a 1,200-metre box burst before we send her there. So if 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 they get a good 1,200-metre race into like the low benchmark 70s, 80s, and he wins that, he'll be $2, $3 favorite for the Kosciuszko, in my opinion. One of our other bets we tipped out for the day was Insurrection. We had a two we had a two horse bet in that race. We had Insurrection and Deep Hall. I was more keen on Deep Hall. I thought like Insurrection was a favorite, and I was pretty keen on it. I wasn't as keen on as Depor. I thought Depor probably had the better run on the race, but Insurrection, I was more worried about the barrier beating it because a lot of a lot of times it can happen when those horses are in the wide barriers and if it's a leader-based horse and it draws 14 or 15, it's naturally born to get to the front and by the time it gets there, it's it's, yeah, yeah, they've used they've used too much speed up. And I thought the, I thought the exact same thing happened. Zach Lloyd did exactly that, got to the front, peeled out and then around the turn you're like oh shit like how much he's got left but he did that he kept kicking he he was, was actually a really good run like given the work that you had to do early and the way he finished off it was a bloody good run uh the other tip in the race was deep poor who did finish off well so we had a little benny two bets in that race so but we'll keep that there uh in and then in the next race we had a Tazarul, who just kept winning, she kept me in the quaddy. It's two from two risk prep for the Snowdens. I think both of the wins have been over sixteen hundred, but they've just been in low benchmark races. So she's definitely a horse to follow. Haven't put anything in out of that race. We were still in the quaddy in that leg, and then in the last race of Ram, we we got the, like it was two favourites, and then Tazarul got in the last leg in the third leg, and then I had I think I had four. Well, horse in the last of the quarter and got blown out by and again by I think it was a Joe Pride horse actually. It felt like twelve bucks, but I never even looked at it. Didn't sniff it. Got knocked, knocked me out of the quarter there. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for my wrap of Ramwick. Any notable runners for you, Jack? Or? I'm a big fan of Insurrection. Yeah, I just think on the right day, it can be a dangerous horse. Yeah, it can. It's like like for most of these horses, well, horses in general, really. Um. If you're a get on, if if you're a get in front leading horse, it takes out a lot of the risk in it. Like if you're a, if if you're a get back run on horse, there's maybe half the tracks are suited to that. Like track bias takes a massive part in it. If the races run to a different part, like to a different tempo or whatever you want to call it, it takes it takes a lot more out of back markers. So like I think percentage wise and betting wise, front like if you. If you're at least in the front half of the division of the race, you've got a better chance of winning than you're a back marker. So if you're a natural born front runner, you've got more legs going for you than if you're, if you're a back marker. Well, I do have a question first. I've got mm. a question for you, Lottie, and I'll get you to answer it. But for the listeners out there, what is the best horse in Australia at the moment? What is the horse that you watch and you go, every week I'm going to put money on this because I back it in. So Lottie, I'll get you to answer it, but the listeners out there send it through what they think as well. Oh, it's it's low hanging fruit. It's a, it's Australia's best rated horse for a reason. I wish I win. That horse is going to go absolutely. It's it's going to win the Everest this year. It's going to win that. I think even last year I was pretty keen. I was like before I was even on the pod last year. You sent out a thing on the thing saying horses are going to go. Into, horses are going to go into big things this spring. And I said I wish I win. We'll win the Tourac and she'll win the Golden Eagle. 
It's the biggest flop of her life in the tour act. I don't know. I, I still don't know what happened to this day. She had no weight. It looked like the perfect race for her. Still don't know what happened to that day, but it doesn't really matter now. So what happened was after that race, because she flopped in the tour rack, everyone was like, oh, well, maybe she's not as good as everybody says she is. She's paying 11 or $12 for the Golden Eagle, and she just beat Fangirl when I was on her that day. So it, it worked out better for me because if she would have won the tour rack, she would have been a lot shorter in the Golden Eagle market. That was a resilient tip by you. Yeah. I was. I, it, it's, it's definitely going to – I still can't believe it did win the tour rack, but, yeah, I was pretty keen for the Golden Eagle. I tipped it a couple of, month, couple of weeks, couple of months out from it. Um, but, yeah, Jesus was a good run, and she's like – the ratings – I never really used to pay too much attention to the ratings uh, for horse races before, but I've only like just in the last couple of years started to pay attention to it. And the like the ratings and like the wins that she's been producing has been up there with like she she she's technically classed better than some of Europe's like better horses. Like the the runs and the way and the times and the way she's she's won our way for age races are putting her up there with some of the most current top rated horses like of the world. So. It's a lot of hand fruit, I'll admit, but gee, she's going to pay, she's going to take a pair of bait in this spring. So we'll have a quick break now, and then we will come back with the Valley and our Black Book from the weekend. So we're going to have a quick recap of the Valley, and then I've got two horses for our Black Book for our Black Book that we're going to put in. Um, a lot of punters. Uh, Fair enough, Lee pissed off with the way the uh, Valley was treated last weekend. It just come back after it's it'd been in renovation for a couple of months um, and they still elected to put the rail at five metres. So the Valley in itself is naturally, it's, it's only a 200 metre straight. Like it's the, the natural shape of it and the shape of the straight, it just it just tends to produce more. If you're in the front of the field, you're fine. Like it's definitely suits more um, front running Riders and to have the rail at five meters from after the venue, like they haven't even had any racing on it recently. Like there's literally no reason. I think the only reason they had it at five meters was just to protect the inside because they knew they were going to have better races coming up in the next couple of weeks or so. So they wanted to keep that part of the track fresh. But geez, on Saturday, if you weren't in the first two or three horses around the corner, you had no chance of winning. So I would absolutely put if your horse didn't win, if your horse won, fair enough, like good on you. It, was a good win and everything. I wouldn't discredit it, but if your horse failed to produce, or if you had it, we were pretty keen on the horse and it didn't and it didn't live up to your expectations. I just put a pen through it because it it's nothing to worry about at all. The the, the track was very front front leader biased, so I'd be forgiving a lot of horses there. So there are a couple of notable horses that I want to touch on. To touch on, touch that, on. Yep, uh, that did run well against the track pattern. Another wheel, I think it was in race three. Ran really well. It was a $2.30, $2.20 favorite or something. Same thing. Got too far back once it ran on the quarter. It did. Like, if if, if you if you can go back and watch the race, the leader kicked off and, geez, it was making some ground late. But our best bet of the day, Torrenzino went under. Same thing. Tends to be more with the staying races. You tend to have more of a chance to defy the track pattern because you just have more of the race to get into it. If it's a thousand-meter sprint around the corner, if – by the time you get the straight, like it's pretty much race over. But with the two thousand meter races, and so you can kind of get you can kind of get into the spot a bit earlier. So even if you're back last, you can peel off at the at the thousand meter and make up. By the time you get to the six hundred, be second or third, and they they did try to do that. And yeah, despite the despite the pattern, she did he did run really well. Um, yeah. So Torrenzetta was definitely no didn't lose any miles at all. So it was a good run continuing. 
Uh, Flash Flood was a tough win. Same thing. Was it was in the top? It was in the front half of the field. I think it was about second or third on the term, and did, and did it exactly that. Not many horses ran like managed to run down the lead on the on the day, and she did exactly that. I think it was Irish Flame. who was about, paying about fifty dollars or something, and Flash Flood was about three dollars, and she did it exactly that under Carleen Heffel. She went straight. She went straight by. It took a while to get there, but like right in the line where it counted, that's where she got the win. So that's all and dandy. So Flash Flood was a good win. And then Summit, I think she was the only horse for the day that managed to get that far back by the, by the turn of a straight and then managed to win. I can't remember off the top of my head who I ran down, but it was for J.D. Hayes, Ben and J.D. Hayes, and who was the jockey? Mickey D. Mickey D. Yeah, so they were the only ones to actually get a win from beyond first around the corner. So follow. I think Summit might be in for some better races coming up this, this prep, but not too sure what the actual plan is. Wait for the trainers to release that. And then run of the day in my eye was Paray, who was a James Cummings horse from the Godolphin Stable in the last race. So two dollar twenty favorite. And Jesus Christ, she made up some stack of ground late. She gave the run she gave the front runner every bit of chance. The front runner had everything in his power. Just couldn't run it any other track, any other day. Paray would have got the better of him, but just not not that day, the valley, rail out five. Stood no chance. So Parade is definitely one to follow. It was it was nominated this week for a race in Flemington, but didn't end up getting into the race. Don't know if they just didn't accept or if they didn't make it in, but that's for uh, next week or whenever else for us to decide. So that's about it for the Valley. I wouldn't really t- I wouldn't really take too much account of it from the form guy point of view. So I've only got two horses I want to chuck in our black book this week. The black book's been it's been going all right lately, but I've got two. Poison Chalice was a winner at Geelong on Sunday, I believe, in the second or the first race. I think it's just recently a gelding but from the uh, Paul Pushka stable. And, geez, it was – trying to recall the race. It was – it wasn't leading. It might have been about fourth or third on the turn, and it got barged into the rail by the – like I can't remember the horse in the outside, but it just – if you watch the replay, it literally got barged into the rail and like took all his momentum out. And the jockey still managed to get it back to recovery. And with it, 200 meters ago, he is like, you've never seen a horse accelerate like that as quickly in your life. Like after getting like, sometimes it takes horses four to 500 meters to gain that bit of, um, what's it called? Momentum. Momentum. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. And you've never seen a horse pick up that quickly in your life. So he's definitely one to go in the black book. And the other one was a debutante maiden. It uh, was at Warnable on Monday and it's, by the name of Last Judgment, travel well. Uh, same kind of thing. It didn't get bu- didn't get barged or anything into the rail, but it was just traveling so smoothly around the corner. And by the time it actually got out and got clear air, the jockey let it down, and it did the exact same thing. It had all it from it picked up its momentum probably only from like two hundred three hundred meters out, and Jesus put pay to him. It was like you don't see that many horses quick enough, just no tempo to. Like a hundred k's in it. I don't know what the actual k's was, but GC went quick from nothing. So they're definitely two to follow. So put Poison Chalice and the Last Judgment into your black books for the following spring. So we'll take another quick break now, and then we'll be back with our tips for Missile Stakes Day and Ori Star Handicap Day. Missile Stakes Day at Rose Hill this Saturday. We're getting closer and closer to our spring carnival. The first group one is, I don't think it's only about two weeks away. I think next weekend, there's, I don't think there's a 
feature race in Melbourne or Sydney, but the week after is the Wing Stakes, which is the first group one of the spring. So we'll have a quick look over. We'll go to Rose Hill first, start at Sydney. So I like to start my punting. It's the first race of the day, so let's keep it going. We are going to race one at Rose Hill, which is a Class 3 tab, tab highway handicap. The favorite is Baron Duna at $1.80. I reckon it's a deserved favorite, but geez, I reckon $1.80 is very short for a highway horse. Especially for the start of the day. Yeah. it's It's been it's been knocking on the door the last couple of runs. It should like it should be winning, but $1.80 is too short for a horse. It might be a non-winner. Last couple of runs come second. You'd be expecting it to at least get a win by now, but it, I'll give it I'll give it that. It has run into some pretty good horses the last couple of runs. So I can be forgiven there, but I still think a dollar eighty is way too short for Baraduna in the first race at Rose Hill. There's it's twenty odd in the field, so it's you gotta count into a part at least another seven other horses and a lot of things can happen in the horse race, let alone a class three handicap and a highway race. So if you want to have a bet on a dollar eighty thing the day, that's probably not a bad one to put in your multi, but I personally couldn't back it at $1.80. Couldn't agree more, mate. But yeah. On to race two, we have the, the Midway, which is the benchmark 72, and we have a $1.4 million filly in this race who's just turned four the other day, and that's written by none other than James McDonald. Number 11, Dancing Alone, is $1.95. Started at $1.85, but has drifted out to $1.95 as of right now, as of recording. The only reason it's drifted out that far is because of the draw. It's drawn fourteen out of eighteen, so the draw is not handing is not handing it up at all. But I'll give it that. It's undefeated three from three. You can't ask too much more from a one point four million dollar colt. I mean, Dilly, sorry. Um, yeah, it's three from three. You can't really knock it. Like all its wins have been pretty good margins. It was a two point three length winner at Kembla over a thousand point eight point eight of a length. At Kembla and then 1.3 lengths at Canberra over a thousand. So these are all over a thousand meters. Steps up an extra hundred meters and gets J Mac in the saddle. So another thing, if you want to take a dollar ninety-five, about a it's probably it, I'd be more inclined to play that a dollar ninety-five than Baron Duna. Hundred percent. I couldn't yep. agree more on that. Yeah, it's known to be a good horse. Yep. for what it is and. That value is way better than a dollar eighty. Yeah, I think the, the, the only if it had drawn six, it'd be. A dollar fifty. Yeah, it's the only reason they get it. The only reason they're betting that price is because of the barrier. But you never know. Horse racing throws up those odd balls every now and then. But if you're more inclined to take a dollar ninety five for a horse, by all means, go for it. We will move on to race three at uh, Rose Hill. I had Aristonis as the like. It's a favourite here, but it's a dual acceptor in Flemington as well. So I'm not really too sure where it's going to race as of now because we're recording on a Wednesday as usual. But I think if it races here, it should be a very good bet. The only other horses in the race I could tightly entertain are mostly Cloudy. And Kirkby. Yeah. So Kirkby has only just really got back into form as of late. Mostly Cloudy is also a dual acceptor for Flemington as well, I think for another similar race. So either way, there's a race at Flemington and this race Depends on the scratchings and where every horse goes. So, like, either way, these these markets are going to change. Like, by Saturday morning, the, the markets aren't going to be anything like it. I don't mind Aristonis, but it depends which race he goes to. I'll be more inclined to play him at, um, at Rose Hill, where we are now, than the Flemington race. But then again, you never know. If, if they elected to run him with Flemington, that's fair enough. Uh, we'll have to wait and see for Wednesday. I mean, for Saturday morning. Or they normally release the things a bit earlier, but we'll wait and see. 
Moving on to race four, we had the Vale John Duggan, which is a benchmark 72. And we have Kangaroo Court backing up from the other week, one of Jack's good tips. And it's actually in a bit of a good form. It's the last three races comes first, second, and first. The, the most recent win it had was at Rose Hill at a benchmark 72 against How, De- How Good Are You, who has come out today on a Wednesday at, Ren- at the Kenzo track at Ramwick and has won the benchmark 72 by about a length. So. The form's been franked. It's winning form. $4.20 is a pretty good price. I'd like to say for every other horse in this race, nothing else has really proven himself to be a good winner. And he's, been for, he's in form as prep, but he's also a dual acceptor for the last race of the day at Rose Hill. So I'm going to know about the draw or which race they end up picking. But I think if he sticks to this one at $4.20, not a bad price. Better the day. Better the day. This is my better the day, Kangaroo Court. And the reason is so, yes, it had a good win for me at 16s, but the reason that I am picking Kangaroo Court is the fact that, like you said, the horses in this race aren't as good as the other race. And I feel like for him to for him on Saturday is his biggest race for the for the year. And I feel like he's gonna make us some good cheddar. Yep. I so think yeah. Kangaroo Court, everyone. Number three at Rose Hill, race four on Saturday, load up. Kangaroo Court, bet responsibly. Yep. If if I was Adam Nation, which I'm, I mean, which I'm not, sorry, if I was Gabe Wardhouse and Adrian Bott, I would be selecting this race more than race 10. Personally, I reckon it's got a better chance in this, in this race than race 10, but I'm not a trainer and I won't even put my nose in that boat. So let's move on. On to race five at Rose Hill, which is the Elite Sand and Soil Benchmark 78. Tough race. It is a tough race, but Jesus is a good horse in here. Number two, Wave Rider Boy. Jesus is a fucking flying horse. This horse, the last couple of weeks it's been running, second, first, second, and in each in each of its last seconds, it has run the best 200 meter splits of the of the meeting. It is absolutely flying, and the only reason it is not a dollar fifty is because it's drawn fucking barrier ten again. The last race that comes second, it draw the car park, and the exact same things happen again. But the thing about this race is there's only 10 horses in the race. With the scratching, it's only nine. So it's only barrier nine compared to barrier 14 or 15, which it has been competing the last couple of times. Gets J-Mac on. I think this is its best chance to win a race to date. Uh, Petulant, who beat it last time, was another good chance. Born, drawn barrier three, $5 for Tyler Schiller. Yeah, it has to be. If you're even considering Wave Rider, Wave Rider Boy, you have to put Petulant in there as well. I personally think, but just I love backing horses that have had good runs and they've produced it on the clock. And Wave Rider Boy has been producing nothing but good sectional times. And those last 200 meter splits for the races for the entire meeting are going to get me over the line. So $2.10 is about pretty, is pretty short, but I'm definitely going to end up taking that on the day. I can guarantee you. I, w- I completely agree on that. There is another thing, though, that I haven't even brought up as well, which I should have brought up earlier. The fact that there is a page out there called Lottery SC now. Do you want to let the listeners know in on that a little bit? So a couple of people that might be listening are a part of the SC community, but and they would have might have seen the post out, but just want to give them a bit of a rundown on what's going to be on that social media. Yeah, we sure can. So on Instagram at Lottery underscore SC and also on Twitter as Lottery underscore SC, you can find us on there. We'll be posting our, we'll be posting our best bet of the day and along with um, our quaddies. The only thing is we're gonna we're gonna hide our other tips of the week. Uh, we're gonna hide our other tips of the week, and you have to listen to the pod because these are pod exclusive tips. Exactly. So, we're not yeah. we're not going to take your money. We're not, and we're, say, we're not oh, you, need to, you need to pay seventy nine dollars yeah. subscription a week. Yeah. It's 
Just listen to the pod. We're below average punters and we're below average blokes, so we may as well <laughs> exactly. accept the fact and just play along with it. Exactly. We it's, aren't going to charge anyone for this. It's for the bit of the run where you go, oh, what are the tips of the weekend? Let's get on with the other boys that are yeah. on it and see how they go. And you know what? Lip us off if it doesn't win because they probably won't, but it's a good – I'm just joking. And they should get up. Lottie yeah. knows what he's and talking about. And you never about. know. One of these ruffles we put out there could be the one that knocks you out of a quarter one week and you'll go, why the – did not not put that according you. So exactly right. That's so, all planting is ever about. So, yeah, hop on lottery underscore SC at Twitter and Instagram. And give us a follow. Send your tips in as well. If you if you post some tips, I'll, I'm going to post every Thursday afternoon for some tips and we'll put a post out on Saturday morning as well as for all our followers' tips. So yeah. if everybody gets in, we'll get get everybody around it, cheer home and win it together. Um, yeah, there's not much more to say really. If you want to get involved, hop on board, send us a tweet, send us a – Instagram post and follow us on the socials. And we might even look at, depending on how many people are listening and getting excited, we might even host a race day down there where we book a marquee out and we all come down there and have a couple of fruffies and say, oh, Lottie, remember will, when you gave me this tip? Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, I that's will, Lottie over there, boys. I will say this to everybody, like everybody in the social, everybody, there's only three of us in the room right now. But, <laughs> I, but I, is there a better group camaraderie than cheering home a group party? No, nah, it's pretty good. It's pretty like, good, everybody, especially in a session. Yeah, like if you're if you're having down the beers and like watching the footy together is good, but like everybody's torn between sides and everything. Like, oh, I want this thing to win this thing. And, you have, like, and you have those moments where it's like, shh, the quarter's on. Yeah. All right, everyone come over like, and have a look. I, you know? I, 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 that feeling of camaraderie and like everybody cheering over a quarter, there is no better feeling than cheering home a winning quarter with your mates. <laughs> Blake's winning green finals like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Oh, yeah. I was actually with this going in. I've got a fair point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I just want to give you a plug, mate. You yeah. You're doing a lot of good work, so continue with your tips. Yep, let's go through again. So we're moving on to race six at Rose Hill, which is the Jockey Celebration Day uh, benchmark 78, and our boy King of Naples is back once again. Barrier eight for James McDonald, and that is an absolute bet and a half. $9, we're not going to get the $9 steal that we had last week, but G's $2.80. It's a pretty good price for a horse in form. You can't knock winning form. Two from two. Only steps up another 50 metres this time. Every other horse in the race, kind of the same thing, kind of non-winners. Water Ghost had a good win last start against Brudenal. Um, Not really too sure about that form. So am I. Is in winning form as well, but that's in midway class. Kind of the same benchmark, but geez, I reckon King of Naples. The sectionals, he's been reeling off. On the truck, going for three in the row, get James McDonald on, $2.80. That's an absolute better half in my book. So try that one in your system for the weekend, race six, number three at uh, Rose Hill. Moving on to race seven, which is the NSWJA Jockey Reunion Benchmark 78. This is first leg of the quaddy as well. So we'll have a quick dive into the quaddy. I've got a bet here that I reckon is a great bet as well. I'm, th- I'm following J-Mac in once again. Race. Seven number five at Legio ten at three dollars ninety for James McDonald and James Cummings. He's been flying this prep. Should have won last start at Flemington over fourteen hundred meters, but I think the fourteen hundred meters just seen him out back under twelve hundred meters. Produced some great sectionals behind Renosu and so down the straight at Flemington over twelve hundred. I always like backing horses that have got that are back on their time up on with the sectionals. So and you're getting three dollars ninety. Tom the Boogie is a two dollars sixty favorite, so I think that I think that's going to go on the quaddie as well for Rachel King and Michael Freeman. Been running well with the last couple of starts, but you're getting a better price with for like a ten than two dollars sixty for Tom the Boogie. And I like the James 
McDonald and James coming four lines better than the Rachel King and Michael Freeman four lines. So I'm having a bet on Legio ten at three dollars ninety, and I'm only taking two horses in this leg of the quaddy, number five and number seven. Correct. I was going to bag you out, but ring it ding ding. You've rung Rachel King. Time to boogie. We'll win that. Beautiful. Moving on to the highlight race of the day, we have the Group Two Missile Stakes at Rose Hill, and we have at the moment Big Parade is a two dollar eighty favorite. And I don't know sure, too sure if you follow the trials. Have you? Did you see his latest trial win? No, I didn't. He won by. I'm, and I normally over exaggerate, but I'm not over exaggerating. Over exaggerating here. He would have won by 25 lengths in a trial. It was like it, Twitter blew up over it. So I'll give him that. But there has been horses like that to produce a massive trial win like that, and they come out and race day and stink it up. So. I'm a bit wary of that, but the horse that came in second in that trial behind him was Afkappen, who was an absolute gun, a three-year-old turned four-year-old, who began on the Golden Eagle. So the form kind of stacks up there, but the, yeah, the only reason he's $2.80 was simply because of that. That trial win was just too good to believe. Um, I reckon this, this is a, a two-bet race for me. There's a horse that I like that I'm going to take a stand at, and there's an each-way horse that I like. My standout bet is right down the bottom, number 11, I am me for Kiramar and Dave Eustace. Sounds a bit like me talking. Yeah, boy. We will have a quick look. It is, I, I checked it early in the day, and its benchmark rating is 103 compared to Golden Miles, whose benchmark rating is 104. And because the race is a set weights and penalties race, you're getting 54 kilos for I am me, whereas you're getting 59 kilos for Golden Mile with J Mac. I don't understand how the set weights and penalties actual weighting system works but as a 103 rater having to give a hundred someone who is rated higher than you six like five kilos less is absolutely ridiculous tim clark is the best front running jockey in australia at the moment as long as he gets into the front he can win it so i'll be happy to take three dollars ten to win from him being running it's only really missed last prep with the oakley plate and that's fair enough because it was at cnn and just didn't suit that it just didn't suit him that day um on a bog track, so back on the good, back on a good track, and back in the winner's stall. Hopefully, the only other horse I want to take it in each way odds is number two, ingratiating at fourteen dollars a win and three dollars fifty a place. Uh, I wasn't too keen on the first. I was no, sorry, I was more keen on the first up than I was second up. I had better first up st- stats than second up stats. Um, wasn't on at second up. Wasn't really too sure about the first up run. Didn't think it was that good. But Jeezy put paid on second up. Moves back down to Sydney, stays at 1,200 metres, gets Zach Lloyd, who's riding. He's just won the New South Wales Rockies apprenticeship title for the year, and you're getting $14 a win and $3 with your place. If ingratiating can replicate that form from last side over 1,200 metres, at $14 a win and three fifty dollars a place, that is an absolutely outrageous each-way bet. So in the quaddy, I have taken number one, Golden Mile, simply because it's the J-Mac and James McDonald's Factor and you're getting $10 a win. Number two, ingratiating, we're taking. And number four, big parade favorite. Got to put it in there just in case you never know. And number 11, I am me. So for that quarter leg, we have one, two, four, and 11. The next couple of races, I'm not too overly keen on to have a bet in, but the race nine is the Petaluma Premier's Cup Prelude. Number 11, Faulkner Park has just been winning as of late. He hasn't lost his prep to be. To be honest, and you're getting 270 a win. I think this is his toughest test to date. I normally like backing horses that have just won nothing this nothing but win this prep. So 
But I don't know. I'm just a little bit hesitant. I don't think horses can keep winning that often and just they have to run out eventually. But he has to go on the quaddie and you're getting 270 a win. I think that's about rock bottom. I want a little bit better odds um, than that to be to, to have my bet in this race. But so there's no bet for me as a standard in that race. But for the quaddie, I am going to take, I'm going to take a couple in this. I'm going to take number three, Calipore, who's been running well up in. Uh, Eagle Farm during their winter carnival. I'm going to take number five, which is Bonnie Gaza, which is the J-Mac and Chris Waller combo, simply because of the combo. I'm going to take number eight, which is Bold Mac, which is Karen McAvoy and Chris Waller, who did produce a good finish last start and won that race. We're going to take number 11, which is Faulkner Park, simply because it's the favorite winning form. Can't knock it. $2.70. It'd be rude not to have that in the quaddy. And number 13, Mark Schnell, which has knocked me out of the quaddy more times than I can unfortunately want to count. So moving on to the last race at Rose Hill is race 10. Another no bet for me, just singly. I can't tip anything with confidence in that race. I think the favorite is a deserved favorite, Gracia style, but he's just too unreliable for me. $3.30, I wouldn't even want to take anything that. If I was going to entertain anything, it would be number two, Space Tracker. She was, he was running in the, the Grafton Cup and was knocked off by uh, Safus, who had a good run with 62 kilos on his hand. So Ryan Maloney and Annabelle Denise from Taunt team up again um but yeah no bet for me singly but i'm going to take number two space tracker in the quaddy number six which is gracia style number eight which is powerful peg who's nine to six fifty as of right now with a couple of scratchings so he'll be in with a chance for dylan gibbons and number 11 which has been scratched kangaroo court so there you go kangaroo court is going to that race as i said earlier so best bit of the day is a lock it is a lock. So we'll take the other quarties. We'll only have three horses in the last leg of that quarter. So that's Rose Hill all done. We'll go to another quick break and then we'll come back with our Flemington preview. So we are back. We're here to cover our Flemington tips for Ori Star Handicap Day. We're going to go to, yep, Jagas. Uh, <laughs> love it. Moving on, uh, we'll have race one, which is the VRC member sprint, which is the benchmark 70 down the straight over, over 1,100 meters. One horse in this hot in this race that I like, which is number eight, River Noir, which is $3 for the PG Moody and Catherine Coleman stable, which have got off to an absolute fly, if, I'm, if I may say myself. Good start to the pair, and you're getting, three, you're getting $3 a win for that. Uh, first up over Moe, 1100 in a maiden, one by four and a half lengths. Then second up was only beaten by She Dancers, who has won a couple of stakes races, if I'm, if I'm mistaken, only by a length, uh, written by Jamie Carr in that. And then she went to Mooney Valley and won a benchmark 64 over Kalashani Lad. So while the prom down the straight, stable is absolutely flying. Luke Nolan, Peter Moody, you can't go wrong, $3. Everything else, smaller waves and a bad horse for in seven bucks. I wouldn't be too inclined to play that. Sean Valjean, which is was a really good win last night at Morphville, but I don't know if he's going to handle the straight. The house isn't too bad either, eight fifty. But yeah, I reckon River Noir three dollars is a good bet starting off the day. Hopefully, we can start off the day with a winner. Uh, the next couple of races, I didn't have marked as any bets. I had a quick look through early and just wasn't really entertained by much. Uh, benchmark 70 in race two, didn't really have anything for that. In race three, it was another benchmark 70 over the 1,400 metres. Didn't really 
wasn't really too keen on that. And race four also, which is a benchmark 84, 1400 meters, wasn't really too keen on anything in that. But getting to race five, number race five, number four, Alhambra Lad, we're pin, two kilo claim, $8 a win, best bet of the day. So it's one of the last four going for five in a row and has just been winning by absolute margins and a half. Everything else in the race, Clay Moore was a dominant win last week in Mooney Valley, but like I was saying before, was a massive leader, track biased. Um, I can't really take, take any merit in that. Mostly Clarity is another interesting runner, but it's also a dual acceptor for uh, Rose Hill, so not too sure which way that's going to go. But you are getting – Mimi's award is also just knocked off uh, mostly Clarity last start in the Dean Lester Flemington Cup. Uh Mimi's awards five dollars. Mostly Clarity's three fifty. Not too bad of a price differential, but geez, I reckon Alhambra Lad's been going through the grades, and you get eight dollars a win, two dollars forty a place. Been winning over twenty two hundred meters, twenty four hundred, twenty four hundred, twenty four hundred. Steps up to twenty five hundred meters for the first time, but geez, I reckon that's a great bet at eight dollars. So I'll be happily taking eight dollars a win and two dollars forty a place each way for the best bet of the day. Race six was the VRC member, Simon Green, benchmark 78. Number three, Shayir is the favorite for Blake Shin. Deserving me, so. favorite. Don't mind it. It's a good horse. Uh, Aristonis is also in the race who I was pretty keen on as well, but is a dual acceptor. So we'll probably leave that race alone, but I wouldn't be torn between – I would be torn between number three, Shayir, and Aristonis, depending on which way Aristonis runs. And starting at race seven, which is the first leg of the Quaddy in Flemington since we are having 10 races there from now on. And I am pretty keen on number two, General Bow, in the Ori Star handicap. Been flying, this purpose has been made one better every time. Uh, it's run at 1100. It's run behind Cy, who has come out and won a stakes race since, and, and they ran that 635 seconds flat. Second up, I mean, last up, sorry, behind ingratiating, they. He ran in a – it was a 33.7 final 600-meter split, which is a great split for those four or five-year-olds. Five-year-olds. They're five-year-olds now, so they were four-year-olds at the time. So General Bow has been knocking on the door. Ingratiating is also in the race, but it's a dual acceptor also for the missile stakes in at Rose Hill. So not really too sure which way they're going to go with that. The favorite is cause for concern, which is an absolute Flemington jet. Hasn't missed a placing at Flemington and is a deserved favorite, I reckon, at 54 kilos. Winning forms, good form, loves Flemington. Should be should handle the straight all right. But I reckon $7 for General Bow has been okay at Flemington. I reckon it's been knocking on the door, always been just running to one better. I think today's his, I reckon Saturday is his day. And if there's any time he's going to win a race at $7, it's going to be on Saturday. So that's first leg of the quaddy. And I'm going to be a little bitch here, and I'm going to actually take the field in this first look at the quaddy just in case. Because if that doesn't win a four dollars, it's four dollars sixty the field, eleven horses in the race, which isn't too bad. If it's a scratching or two, we'll take it down to nine or ten, and you're still going to go four dollars a field. So I will happily play my uh, estimates at that, and hopefully get a good price for it in the first. If General Bow doesn't win, doesn't matter. Still, the other winner should pay semi all right. Moving on to race eight, we had the Lionel Moss Trophy over benchmark, which is a benchmark eighty-four over sixteen hundred and twenty meters. And I've got another little Benny two bets in this race, and they're both hit a bit of an H-way price. Number two, Aaron Bay at eight fifty, a win and two dollars out of your place. Great win, second up. 
love I love him down at Flemington, drawn drawn out, which will suit him. Get back, run on horse. So hopefully there's enough speed up front. And also in that race, we have number five, Wild Imagination, at twenty one dollars a win Ooh. and five dollars a place. I'm I'm happy to play a couple at his weight each way odds in this race. Braden Stars, a three dollar fifty favorite, deserved favorite, but a little bit of a non winner. I don't want to take three dollars fifty a place. I don't I don't mind number fourteen presser as well. Yeah, I've that, that's definitely yeah. Like you can't knock winning form exactly right. Um, Declan Bates. Archie Alexander, good combo in the, the unbeaten this prep, so he's definitely going to the quaddy. But geez, I reckon twenty one dollars for Wild Imagination and nine and eight fifty for Aaron Bay are pretty rude prices. So I'll be putting them both in the quaddy and taking those each way. And in the quaddy, I've taken number two Aaron Bay, number three Braden Star, number five, which is Wild Imagination, number ten, which is Hennessy Lad. And number 14, which is Presser. Moving on to race nine, we have the Dennis Foley Sprint, which is a benchmark 100 over 1,410 metres. A couple in this race that I'd also don't mind. Bit of a tough race to pick out a winner. So I'm only going to have a very small each way better on a Ruffy here again, which is going to be number 10, Ulysses, for $23 a win and $6 a place. That win first up was unbelievable. You've never seen a, bet, a better win of that on the day at Corfu, which tends to not suit get back run on horses, but it did exactly that. And you're getting $23 a win and $6 a place. So it wouldn't be a, whole, wouldn't be a race that I tend to massively have a bet in, but if you want to have a small bet in that race, definitely have a go each way at your lizzies. So in the quaddy, I'm going to take another couple. I'm going to take number three, but Berkeley Square. Number four, Windstorm. Number five, which is Nigolini Vito. Number nine, which is Poland. Number 10, which is Ulysses. And number 14, which is Devoted. So put those in the quaddy and we're going to get to the last leg right now. And this is where we're making up our money. Number two, Benedetta, taking that one out in the quaddy. Been a dollar 90, steady through. Tatum Bull, Jason Warren should absolutely brain these over 1,100 meters first up. Jack of it wouldn't be too bad of a bet at $27 each way if you want to put a couple in the quaddy. William Thomas isn't too bad to put in a quaddy at $46. If, you, if you're more inclined to take more of a rougher quaddy, I'll be definitely chucking in number three. Uh, number three in a James Duhale, number 10, Jack of it, and number 13, uh, William Thomas. But just for us, I'm taking this one out. Get us home in the last, number two, Benedetta at $1.90. So, I think all up with all those combos, it should be about 240, 250 combinations at the moment. But depending on scratchings, we might change that up for the time uh, races start on Saturday. But that's about it for my race day at Flemington and Rose Hill. Hope we steered you into a couple of winners and hope everybody has a fantastic day on the pun and we can cheer home a couple of winners together. So see you all next week, next weekend, SC Faithful, and we'll catch you on the next one. Can you say how you go this week and see if you can back it up again? Let's go. Let's go.